Well, welcome everyone. And thank you for joining us for Just Us, Just God, Moments of Grace. I'm your host, Denise White, and I'm delighted to have as our very special guest, Reverend Mary Kay Jacquet, author of Early Morning Rising, Thoughts from a Distance. Reverend Mary Kay, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Thank you, Elder Denise. It's great being here with you. Awesome, awesome. Let me do a little introduction on Reverend Mary Kay as she is affectionately known. She is a very gifted writer. She is a preacher, dynamic preacher, a minister's daughter, a mother, grandmother, and aunt whose 20 plus years in the ministry has given her a very unique perspective on life and the spiritual journey that each of us must so let's dive right into the book, your book, Early Morning Rising, Thoughts from a Distance. And if you could share with us our, and our listeners how your book came about. Well, thank you again, Elder Denise. It's such a delight being here with you. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share my book, Early Morning Rising, with you and your listening audience. I guess I can start by saying I I think I'm more of a project-oriented individual and mm-hmm. more than what I realized. I've worked on several writing projects and creative projects for other people over the years. And mm-hmm. even though I had been doing some writing of my own, I thought about that one day. I would compile some of my writings into a book, but it just never seemed that that time came to be until COVID hit and we Mm. were sequestered at home for uh, a length of time. And (laughs) some seems like we're still at home a little bit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes, yes, very much so, very much so. Now the title, Early Morning Rising, it kind of gives, I think, the readers, the potential readers, an idea of when you were actually compiling and doing this writing. Well, yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, it would seem that without trying to write, um, from time to time, I would be uh, awakened uh, over mm-hmm. in the wee hours of the morning. I felt that it was just uh, a spiritual uh, awakening. The Lord would just wake mm-hmm. me up and I would hear or I would feel inspired in my spirit to write mm-hmm. what it was that I was hearing in my spirit. Um, mm-hmm. I would get up out of bed and I would get to the typewriter or even way back before I even had a laptop. I had uh, journals and books and pieces mm-hmm. of paper and whatever I could find that I would write down what I was hearing and it was it was really as though I could hear it because oftentimes I would try to write down what I was hearing but mm-hmm. my fingers wouldn't move as fast as I could you know as I was hearing what I was hearing uh, I would sometimes just spend time thinking about why is this happening and what is it, you know, that's happening to me? But I, I felt such a real urge to write it down that I just mm-hmm. 
do this would do it. Um, oftentimes I would spend time thinking and somehow my thoughts even would just evolve into rhymes and poetic expressions. I've, I've always had an attraction for poetry, always, for creative okay. writing. Always had an okay. attraction for the beauty of sign language and pretty much any and everything mm. that pertains to creative communication. So I'm I'm sure that that's where some of that came from. Awesome, awesome. On page two in your book, you have this quotation, which I'm going to read. A great poem can move you, shake you, and remind you what it is to be human. Tell us a little bit more about that. I think that I was speaking from an emotional place because of how poetry, um, some of it has such a flair that can mm -hmm. speak to our core, that can speak to the depth of us, that can speak to us in an emotional place and touch our hearts mm. and spirits in such a way that we don't even realize it until we're reading it or hearing it. Um, mm. Something that just really moves us to tears at times and reminds us of our reasons for being alive. I, 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 can, mm. I can better explain maybe when I talk about an experience that I had. When I Please had do. the opportunity to visit Selma, Alabama for the first time, and I got a chance to tour the 16th Street Avenue Baptist Church where the four little girls were mm. killed in that bombing. I think you might remember that. Yes, yes. There, um, across the street from the church is a park. And they gave us a tour of that park where there are actual life-size replicas of people, of the people, some of the people that were beaten, some of the people that were bit by dogs, some of the people that fell to the ground as they were beat with billy clubs and whatever else they were beat with. So as we walked through that park on that particular day, um, the tour was ending and the tour guide says to us, let's go back to the church, but let's cut across the grass. It'll be quicker that way. I actually started with everybody else to put my feet in the grass and walk back across. And okay. without realizing what was happening in the inside of me, the words of the song that we sometimes call our Negro National Anthem, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are words in that song that says, we have come over a way that with tears has been watered. We have come treading our path through the blood of the slaughtered. Elder Denise, when I put my feet in that grass, all of that became a reality to me. And my legs and my knees shook and I could not walk across that grass because I realized that this was actually ground that some of the people who had fought for our freedom yes. had walked those same grounds. Some of them had been beaten to blood and that here yes. I was standing on the same ground and about to walk over the blood, the path of the blood where some had been slaughtered for my freedom. And so I don't think necessarily that 
when the song was written that it was a it was written as a, a poetry necessarily but you know yes. songs do rhyme yes. they have yes. a poet poetic yes. flair to them and so when yes, I true. when I heard those words it just drew me to tears and it gave me more of a purpose for why we had come there that day it was as if um, seeing Selma where some had come to Selma on buses to tour and those of us that were there that day had come to Selma to just look and to see what those individuals had experienced and it just really brought me to tears it gave me more of a reason as to why being human and being a proud black woman as a matter of fact made me feel Mm -hmm. like that was such a privilege that I had to walk those grounds so yeah that was kind of a poetic expression that I had on that day well, as you were talking, I was thinking about the question I was going to ask you about how does poetry motivate and create a space for transformational change or change? What you were speaking to just now, a couple of words that came to mind was that you were standing on holy ground at that point. It was sacred. I really to felt you that way. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really felt that And you that felt way. that in such a way that it, it that when people read certain poetry when they understand the context of what is the message that the writer is trying to convey it brings you closer to what you said in your quote that you are reminded of what it is to be human well, you are also, reminded yeah well, also on that trip, we got a chance to meet some of the people that actually had walked those streets and uh, protested mm-hmm. for the rights of individuals and human beings uh, for our equality. At the time of their protesting, some of them mm-hmm. were 11 years old. Some of them that I met mm-hmm. said that they were 11, they were 16, they were 17. And to hear their stories, and they're still alive to be able to tell it, um, it just made me have such an appreciation for the gift that we've been given. We maybe sometimes don't think of freedom as a gift, but it is a gift that we've been given. And the song, every time I sing it, every time I hear it sound, it just really brings me to tears because now, I have more of an appreciation for those words than I ever had before because I know now what the poetic message was and it still moves me, it shakes me, it reminds Mm -hmm. me of what it is Mm -hmm. to be human because Mm -hmm. of the humanity of those folks that fought for me. I take it personal Mm -hmm. now, they fought for me. Yes, yes, that's beautiful, that's beautiful, absolutely, yes, wonderful, wonderful. So as you you were working on your book, and as you had mentioned just earlier when we were just getting started, you mentioned about the fact that you would be nudged uh, early in the morning Mm -hmm. to find pieces of paper and write things down. Did you, in the midst of all of that, 
did you find that whole process difficult or challenging or how would you describe the writing itself because as you as you mentioned wherever you could find a piece of paper or, or to write something down with um you got all of this out of you did you find that difficult what, what was your process for writing let's start there a lot of it was an awe of god mm. it was an awe inspiration uh, as best as i can describe it because i didn't sit and think of what i wanted to write or think of what i wanted to put on a piece of paper as i mentioned wow. the process came from early morning seems like 3 4:00 in the morning i would wake up and i wouldn't just wake up uh thinking i'll just swing my feet over the side of the bed and i'll get up and i'll mill around but i would wake up with a purpose and the purpose mm-hmm. was always inward it was like an urgency to get somewhere and write what i'm hearing in my spirit and when those early morning inspirations would come i would grab pen and paper or i would grab whatever i could find and before i i knew it uh the the melody the the thoughts the rhythm of the what to say the rhythmic portion of it the rhymes would mm-hmm. be just coming and i would try my best to keep up with it and those times would wow. happen pretty much over a period of time over a period of years actually at the very same time usually it would be between 3:00 and 4:00 in the morning and i would wake wow. up with such excitement after a while mm. it was like i kind of expected i'm going to hear something and i need to write it down So I started awesome. doing that and I started tucking it away like it was almost a secret for me but I would be in awe of it because I would go back maybe the day after or a couple of days after and I would read it and the awe experience that I call it was like oh my god there's no way I wrote that it doesn't even sound mm. like my brain can work like that it's too mm. it's too uh i i i even uh, dared to call it professional at one time it's like this is writing that that comes from someone who's been doing this for a really? while and i'm not yeah. i don't write like that i don't know where these words came from i just don't do this and so finally i said god this is you and so one of this the poems in my book is called he's speaking and i just kept it mm. i just kept it at that he's speaking and it's just mm. a wonder to my spirit i love it ah uh, i love it too as you were talking i was thinking about you know, march being uh women's history month and how many women as you pointed out wake up with a purpose they have that drive and desire and excitement and anticipation about what else do you want me to do here i am god send me absolutely are you ready to absolutely. go absolutely ready to do it and just move into that whole flow and i love what you said that flow that cadence that rhythm just move with it and don't struggle against it just go with it absolutely and absolutely it was like no concentrating you know uh, sometimes now i can admit if i 
think that I want to write something, if, even if I want to write a poem, um, I'll sit down and I'll think about it maybe for just a few moments. And what I know it to be a gift is because it only takes a couple of seconds, maybe a minute at the most, where what I'm going to write down just flows. We recently mm -hmm. celebrated my mother's 100 and plus one birthday, 101. On, we celebrated on March 20th, and her birthday was actually March 19th. And uh, my sister asked me to write something, or she asked me to come up with something to, to contribute to uh, the celebration. And I wrote a story about my mother, but it was poetry. And it took me mm. less than, what, three or four minutes to write it down. And every bit of it was information about her woven into lines of rhyme that actually mm. connected. And I sat back and kind of giggled at myself at the fact that I had done that and done it so quickly. And it's a gift. I know that it's a gift. God has given me a gift to write. Mm. And it's not all poet poetry, but I do have a gift to write. Mm. Being a, a woman of God and a woman of faith and a preacher's daughter and a minister, are there any personal reflections in, in your writing and in this book that speak to the challenges that you face as being a member of the clergy? Well, yes, I can admit that there were certain challenges then and some now being a female clergy mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. perhaps not as much earlier on in my ministry and that would depend on with, what particular denomination I was affiliated with at the time um, mm -hmm. I don't know for sure if being viewed as unapproachable and unfriendly is sometimes or something that maybe female <laughs> clergy uh, go through, but I think that early on, being a female clergy, we just had to fight so much harder uh, at that time to be able to be mm -hmm. recognized as clergy. We had to fight mm -hmm. to be recognized and to be able to uh, be allowed in the pulpit or be allowed to mm -hmm. preach and you were told that you're not really mm -hmm. a preacher, you're you're a missionary and stuff like that. You couldn't mm -hmm. stand in the, mm -hmm. in the pulpit. And a lot of people would tell you or tell me, I heard it, you need to stay in your own lane. You don't belong in this particular arena. But I didn't call mm -hmm. me. And so. Mm. And that's what yeah, I was going I to say. You I were was called. called to it. And I really didn't want to do it because in my family, my father was a preacher, my grandmother bless her heart, she was a preacher and a well-accepted preacher in her day. It, and that's why I mentioned the different denominations, and I'm not against any denomination, but I do know that there are those denominations that still don't allow, it's better, it's better, but still don't it's allow better, women to grace the pulpit. The pulpit. They may put them over to the side mm -hmm. at a lectern, over to the side, and, and uh, not stand in the holy holy place right behind that main pulpit mm -hmm. in the center of the of the of the stage but it just really mm -hmm. um 
it it used to aggravate me a little bit because it was like I didn't ask for this. My mom, my my grandmother's mm-hmm. a preacher, my dad's a preacher, my brother's a preacher, so I know this is just really not my calling. But <laughs> when God really seeded that in me and yes. let me know that no, yes. I have called you not only we used to say whom he calls he qualifies so there is a poem in the book and it's a little strong it's a little bit aggressive because it makes a Mm -hmm. statement look I'm qualified I'm qualified it Mm. speaks to the struggle of being held back it speaks to having to take more than what was my share of feeling less than of being less than and finally getting the courage to speak out about it so in the poem yeah I do Mm. speak about I'm qualified Mm, I love it. I love it. And I also appreciate you sharing um, with our our listeners that when you are qualified, when God speaks to you, as he spoke to David when he was a shepherd, he was not even thinking about being king of a nation. He was just tending sheep. He was just doing the will of the father, but he was being qualified for the calling while he was protecting the sheep and all of us need to understand that there is a calling on all of our lives it just comes in different shapes and i used to have dreams though of always seeing myself in front of people in the pulpit and i didn't i I really Mm. and truly didn't want that but I had so many experiences and I know we don't have time to talk about all of the experiences that I've had, but God always let me know that what I was doing was definitely of him because of how it turned out. And what I mean by that is I would pray for people and the words of wisdom and the words of knowledge would come out of my mouth and they would tell me the people that I was praying for would tell me oh my god how did you know and I would know within myself I don't know but the spirit knows and the spirit knows what we have need of and he speaks expressly to our situations and to our circumstances and if God is wanting to bless you he has an individual standing in front of you that is giving you the words that God wants you to hear so this isn't about me it's all about you and it's about what God wants to give you and he's giving it to you through me I never would say that but that's how I would feel and so as those experiences would come during the time that I would evangelize or preach or do a revival, I was grateful to know that this was not me, that this was all God. And mm. it, it, it helped mm. me to understand that God had called me to where I was yep. and to what I was doing or to where I am actually and to what he's called me to do because I can do nothing mm. except God say so and speaks through me and gives me the words to say and the tools to do it with Mm. it is a celebration of becoming and realizing what it is to Mm -hmm. be human it is yeah and it's a scary thing after this it really is it's a scary thing at times but when you know that it's god um you do it trembling (laughs) you do (laughs) <laughs> you do it anyway. You do it trembling. 
you do, yeah. you do it yeah. with a sense of oh my gosh awe and a sense of reverence even the more because your humanity um uh comes to the forefront your humanness and you know that it's not you and then you begin to realize you know, that you. you know if it's god's will to use you in this sense that you realize all the more who you are and that you are just frail and that you are dust and that you are absolutely nothing but god yeah. has chosen mm-hmm. you he's chosen to use mm-hmm. you in spite of you and i don't know about other people but yeah. that often brings me to tears and it certainly brings me to my knees yes there is definitely a mm-hmm. humbleness if that is mm-hmm. a word <laughs> when you realize that it is not about me it is about the gift within me that he wants to use for his Absolutely. kingdom purpose Absolutely. and not for me so wonderful love it love it well after this brief announcement we'll be back with our author Reverend Mary Kay Jacay do you want to do your own podcast It's easy and it's fun. All you have to do is sign up at anchor.fm. That's anchor.fm and begin sharing with the world. And while you're at it, support this podcast and help us to grow our listenership. Your support will help us to take this message of just us, just God, sharing stories, events, people and places from a Christian perspective impacting the world. Remember, your own podcast, you can do it. It's fun and easy and quick. Sign up at anchor.fm. Again, that's anchor.fm and you can also support us at anchor.fm backslash Denise hash white five. Well, welcome back. I'm here with our author, Mary Kay Jacay. She is a minister, gifted writer. She holds lots of different titles and positions and distinctions. And just before the break, she was sharing with us some of the challenges she has faced, as well as the expressions and reflections she's had during her ministry. What I think that listeners would enjoy, Reverend Mary Kay, if you would take a minute and just read a brief portion from one of your favorite poems in the book. Thank you. I I thought about different ones that I might share. And this one, I believe, kind of encapsulates everything that I've been talking about as to how this whole process got started and how I feel when God is speaking mm. to me and um mm. what I want the people who pick this book up and read it for themselves to get a sense of God's presence speaking through any of us and using us for his glory this poem is called seasoned Amen. by thee As I posture in your presence my heart yielded unto thee my soul drenched in abundance of the love you've given me let my mind be fixed receptive of your word your wondrous grace toward man 
Then allow me to be seasoned with salt, sprinkle from your hand. Pour me out in measures weighed out by God's own hand. Meet for the task enduring of life's every harsh demand. Let my life be an mm. example of your savoring grace toward man. Lord, allow me to be seasoned by thee. If it's salt, we lose our savor that is poured out by God's hand to sprinkle among the souls who bear him witness and on his word do stand. The flavor will oft be lacking as intended from above as the yielded tilted vessels sprinkle the message of his love so here I am please use me in measures from your hand let my life be an example of your will and your grace toward man sprinkle me among the masses pour me liberally where you will that your ever present essence remains and lingers still. Lord, allow me to be seasoned. Please allow me to be seasoned by thee. Mm. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. What does what what are the words of that poem mean to you? It means that I realize that there is a purpose on my life that is weighty and that mm. I cannot do it without God's hand on me and that I never want to feel that I'm walking into this purpose without the weight and the hand of God on my life and it's a uh, a humbling reverence that I want mm -hmm. to do your will. I know what you've called me to do and I want you to use me, but I want you to mm, make yeah. sure, I want you to allow me to be everything that you've called me to be and do everything that you've called me to do because I realized that my my ministry is not necessarily stationary. It's not necessarily behind a pulpit. It's not necessarily okay. uh, on a particular continent, but it's to people. It's to people. It's to people. And Excellent. that's what Excellent. I mean when I say mm -hmm. sprinkle me among the masses. Let me be used by you. Okay. All is not always mm -hmm. in preaching. Sometimes a one-on-one -on -one conversation when God will give you the exact words that an individual needs to hear at that particular time and they break down and cry and you don't know what you said but the spirit knows right and so I walk away yes. feeling yes. A, I don't want to use the word accomplished but I walk away feeling that my purpose for being in that person's presence has been uh, 
I've, I've completed that assignment, that it was an assignment for me to be there in that mm -hmm. person's presence and that God has gotten the glory mm -hmm. out of that particular moment because that person has been mm -hmm. given the life, the words, the encouragement, the assurance, whatever it was that they needed, mm -hmm. whatever it was that they needed, that God has, mm -hmm. has given it to them at that moment. And that blesses me because we are sometimes so conditioned to believe that a certain person needs to speak to you, that you have to be behind a pulpit, that you need to be in a church. And yeah. I have yeah. realized that some of the greatest blessings that I've experienced with people has been one-on-one -on, -one on the job, one-on-one -on -one in the airport, one-on-one ah, yes. -on -one in, in a grocery store, yes, in a grocery store. you know, anywhere. Store. Yes. And that's what I really appreciate about mm -hmm. God, that he will use you wherever you yield to him and wherever you're sensitive enough to hear his voice speak and do what he says do in that particular moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think so many of us get caught up in the, the, the notion that, as you indicated, we have to have a specific location in order to be a blessing Absolutely. to someone. And God speaks to us going into the whole world and sharing the gospel, the good news. He didn't say stay behind the pulpit. He said, go. And we need to recognize that whenever we're out and about, we take with us his spirit and we take with us the opportunity to share his message Absolutely. to someone else. Absolutely. It, it, it just gives me such joy to know that it's God speaking to that individual. And yes, I'm aware that it's me that he's mm -hmm. using. But I always divorce myself mm -hmm. from that and just, I'm so happy for them. You know, it's like God gave you a word today. God spoke to you and he gave you something that you needed and God spoke to you and he answered a prayer. Or God spoke to you and he gave you joy and he gave you peace. And oh gosh, I'm happy for you. I'm so glad that God is moving in this particular arena right now for you. It brings me joy to know that. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it the joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm -hmm. People need to realize, need to yeah. realize that. So in many, in many cases, writers often will include a tribute to someone close to them in their work. Um, it might be in the characterization or it might be, as you pointed out earlier with your mom, uh, who's 101, God rest. That is just an amazing, amazing thing to have your mother that long and to be able to share with her in coin, in a poetry context, uh, words that will impact her even at this stage of her life. Uh, but is there someone, did you include anyone in particular in your book and who was it and why did you choose this particular individual? It definitely was my mother because she has been my greatest inspiration, my cheerleader, my support all my life. I chose her and I also wrote some mm -hmm. about my brother, but 
there are at least three poems in the book that allude to my mother one in particular that has her picture even on the on the page but the one that i really um love that speaks so much to her was what she taught us and how she taught us to make do and to persevere through life and to not give up in her she was always so uplifting and so encouraging there was never a problem that she didn't have the solution for um there was never an issue that seemed to really get her down and keep her down and um she was a praying woman she was always a praying woman she would walk through the house mm-hmm. and she would do her housework praying and singing and so whenever we would have problems and issues that would come up in our lives she would say this one phrase you just got to learn how to make do children you got to learn how to make do <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes I hated hearing that because I didn't want to make do. <laughs> I wanted it to be over with. I wanted <laughs> the situation to be resolved without a struggle. But I learned how to appreciate those words as I grew older and to look back on um, her life and the one word that comes to mind when I think of her or the phrase she taught us how to persevere and i think about the scripture mm. that says that the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong but to the one that endures until the end so that's kind of sort of where that comes from that's really kind of sort yeah. of where that comes from yeah and so mm-hmm. i do write about her my brother um bless his heart he um was a young evangelist starting out at 17 years old he is pretty much the reason that I fully committed to God when I got was as we call it shown up saved <laughs> when I when I when I really got saved and um but he was uh, our only brother the only male and um I wanted to be the the tomboy of the family so um anything that he did I wanted to do it too so I can remember the days of riding that red rider sled and uh I talk about that oh, yeah wow. I talk about oh, that a little bit <laughs> and I don't mention him by name but it's just a fond memory when I talk mm-hmm. about the memories of Christmas it was that red rider sled and those mm. many many times down the hills of <laughs> Slab Fork West Virginia where we would sleigh ride down and I would hop <laughs> his back and things like that that as I wrote all of that it just brought a flood of joy and sweet memories to me especially now that he's gone um but he's uh passed and uh I, he was a preacher and a man of god so we know that he is resting in the bosom of god but it was the joy that knowing that he's not gone he's still with me very much and the times that we had as children uh it just it just brings a lot of joy to me Uh, well writing does that I've heard that from other writers that it is it's cathartic if that is the proper word it's an opportunity to uh to get those emotions and those feelings and those memories out in a tangible way so that you have the opportunity for some to heal for some to rejoice 
for some to wake up with that purpose because you have written it out and you got it out in such a, a format and a way that you can now uh, put it into context and you can use that information uh, to further your journey and the path that right. you have been called Absolutely. to take. Yes, yes. So you're a writer and you spoke in the at the beginning of our time together that you're working on other books and you have others that are waiting to be um, launched, if you will. What suggestions would you give someone who may be thinking about poetry as a way of self-expression and reflection about writing? What, what would you recommend to them? I would tell them to just write and not try to cause the lines to rhyme because all poetry doesn't rhyme. Mm-hmm. I would tell them to just write from their heart what they feel because poetry or poetic expression is not just about rhyming. As I mentioned before, it's inspiration. It's inspirational mm-hmm. thoughts. And sometimes mm-hmm. it rhymes and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't. I would tell them not to wait, mm-hmm. but to do it and do it now. Don't procrastinate. Because as you yield to whatever that expression or whatever that initiation that comes from within, those words will flow out of your spirit. And I just believe that as you yield mm-hmm. to that, that the, the experience that I had is going to be the same experience that a lot of people will have when they start to write, that God will begin to speak through them and to not wait on a particular audience just to write what you hear from within and write it down and don't wait to write it down think well I'll do it later I got a certain thought but I'll write it down my phone is filled with things that now that I know that I can do that oh this is a joy (laughs) so that if I'm somewhere where I can't get to pen and paper I just flip my phone on and start speaking into it in that message section and it'll just you know it'll just type most of what I say sometimes I have to go back and correct it but at least I've captured the moment and I guess that's what I'm saying capture the moment excellent capture the moment what speaks to you today if you don't write it down you'll forget it but poetry is a medium and it's a move and if you speak it inside it'll speak to volumes it'll speak volumes to people on the outside because poetry does move you it pushes you, it motivates you, and it mm. does indeed bring mm. you to an awareness of your own humanity. Mm. Excellent, excellent. Wonderful suggestions, wonderful suggestions. We've been talking with Reverend Mary Kay Jacquet, who is the author of Early Morning Rising, Thoughts from a Distance. And I'm sure our listeners would be very curious to find out where they can purchase a copy of your book. Where is the book it available? is available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes and Noble, Walmart. It's available directly from the distributor, Lulu.com. But I would love, and it is available through Lulu as an ebook, but I would absolutely love to give you an autographed copy. And for that, 
you can contact me directly at my email address, which is venable40 at outlook.com or marykjk122 at gmail.com. I'll give you that again. It's venable40, V-E-N-A-B-L-E-4-0 at outlook.com or marykjk122 at gmail.com and I'll be very happy to autograph it and send it to you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it has been truly a delight to have you with us on this edition of Just Us, Just God, Moments of Grace. Uh, I hope and pray that this book and all of your future writings will bring lots of joy and inspiration to many others who are interested and also curious about how to go ahead and get started. So thank you so much again for being with us, Reverend Mary Kay. Now remember her book is available on Amazon at Walmart, Barnes and Noble, and you can also reach her at venerable40 at outlook.com to purchase her book. And she would love to send you an autographed copy. So please check her out get yourself an autographed copy the book is fantastic i love the cover the cover was designed by michael tyree he is a very wonderful gifted uh graphic artist i don't say that because he's my son but he is just absolutely phenomenal and that is the truth but thank you so much elder denise for having me on your (laughs) podcast and for the opportunity to speak to your audience And it has been a joy and a delight as always just to be with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. The same here. Same here. Thank you all again so much again for being with us on Just Us, Just God, Moments of Grace. I am Denise White, your host. Check out our next podcast, which will be next week with best-selling author of Prince of the Far Isles, Simple Tales of Power and Radiant. Her name is Tanya Marie Elsey. She will be on next week. So I hope you will check out that podcast as well. And again, don't forget, if you are interested in doing podcasting, check out anchor.fm to start your own podcast. This has been Just Us, Just God, Moments of Grace. Take care, everyone. I look forward to being back again with you very soon. Bye for now.